those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census taken place uh, during Quirinius' reign as governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for this day when we can come together and worship you, and we thank you for this familiar text. And as always, we pray for insight and understanding into the relationships you're calling us into with you, with each other, and with ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. You have braved, for those of you who are in person, have braved quite a, a day. 13 degrees, all of our Zoomers here who are tucked, I hope, warm at home. We're glad that you're here as well, but we want to we salute all of those who made it here on Christmas Eve. This is great to come together. Obviously, we're talking about the Christmas story today, the, the famous story of the angels appearing to the shepherds, the angel. You know, it started with one angel. And uh, I, you know, I don't know much about uh, shepherding, but uh, I would imagine it's pretty dark out there in the hills around Bethlehem at night, you know, no, no, no uh, electricity, and so uh, an angel showing up would indeed be pretty uh, terrifying, something they hadn't seen before, and so it's a great image, right? They're there, they're maybe getting a little drowsy, falling asleep, and an angel shows up, poof, dimensions open up, and there is an angel with an announcement, and so these uh, shepherds are terrified at first, and so the angel has to be like, don't be afraid, 
I bring you good news. And so uh, he brings the news that the Messiah has been born, which means something to these shepherds because, of course, they would be familiar with the uh, ancient prophecies from their prophets of old uh, telling that a Messiah was going to come, that God was going to intervene in human history as he had promised all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that they had been waiting for, that God was going to intervene in human history and a Messiah was to be born. And so we can just imagine the, the confusion, the terror, the excitement that they were experiencing. And so one angel came and then it was like once he had tested the ground, he could call in the rest of the angels because it says then a bunch more showed up. And at this point, we're imagining the blood pressure of the shepherds had settled down. And so they were ready for the full choir. And the choir comes with the good news that there is to be peace on earth, that this a newborn baby was going to usher in an era of peace, peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest, they said, and on earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests, which we know is <laughs> humankind. God made these kids and he wants us to experience uh, peace. So this message of the birth of Jesus was designed to bring fear, to, bring, to, to replace fear with joy to transform people's image of what was going on in the world. And so the shepherds experienced this transformation first. They went from being terrified to experiencing joy. And this is really the call that the, the birth of Jesus is designed to make for all of us, that we are to be transformed, to go from, uh, from fear to joy, to go from conflict to a peace. This is the announcement that peace is coming with Jesus. So, and so the implication is for all of those who confess faith in this Jesus is that we would be people who have peace, that we experience peace in our life. I mean, that was the proclamation. Peace is coming because of the birth of Jesus. And yet here we are. So many of us live with uh, out peace. We're stressed. We're full of anxiety, full of Conflict. The world is full of conflict, but many of us are experiencing conflict uh, too. And so we're at, at ill ease. Things aren't, aren't right. This call that when Jesus was born, he's going to usher in a phase of peace. It doesn't really ring true for many of us because we have anxiety and we have conflict and this is disturbing. And so we have to ask ourselves, why? Despite the angel's claim that the birth of Jesus would bring peace on earth, are so many of us full of anxiety and conflict? What's going on? Well, there are a lot of uh, reasons you may be feeling anxious today. You know, as fun as the holidays are and beautiful as they are, this is also a season of anxiety. Um, and so if you're feeling anxious today, you're, you're not alone. I will say this as we start off, if you're feeling particularly anxious today, uh, you should know, you, should, you can reach out to your physician. In fact, you should if you're feeling anxious during this season. And if you're really feeling a crisis, you know that there is a new uh, national crisis uh, hotline, 988. You know, we had 911 for emergencies if something was going on. Now we've got 988, a new lifeline, a hotline. If you're experiencing extreme anxiety and you're in crisis, please take advantage of your, your doctors and 9888 hotline. And so there are resources there. But uh, there are also spiritual issues for many of us going, that, that are going on that are 
that, that affect our anxiety. And so those we want to talk about in particular today as we wrestle with this question of why, despite the fact when the angels came, they promised that Jesus, the baby Jesus, would usher in an age of peace, are so many of us struggling with conflict and anxiety. All right? There's a medical reason, but there are also spiritual things going on. There are physiological and spiritual things happening. So we're talking about the spiritual today. And so uh, firstly, in response to that question, why are we so anxious and in conflict, even though the Prince of Peace has come, has come is because we worry about things that God has promised to provide for us. We worry despite the fact that God has promised that he's going to take care of us. If you go back to Jesus' most famous sermon, preached this sermon several times. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, we're reading today, Jesus talking about this issue of God providing. God's going to take care of things, and yet we still worry. He, God, he says, don't worry. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus speaking himself. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. God takes care of them. And if he cares about the birds, he's going to take care of, of you. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even the, in the splendor of all things of Solomon was any dressed uh, like the grass of the field, which is here today and is thrown in the fire tomorrow. And if that's the case that God cares about those things, how much more does he care about you? And so Jesus is reiterating this fact that God has promised to provide for the needs of those that he cares about, of his kids, of which we are part of. And yet, and yet, despite these promises, we wrestle with trust issues with God. I mean, that's really the core, right? Is God really capable and willing to take care of things? You know, I should note, we're, we're going to uh, we want to wrestle with our own anxieties here. So before we go any further, Levi is going to, he's doing something on the screen, but he's going to do something else. He's going to put up a, a poll for you because we, we'd like to kind of reflect with each other on our anxieties. This is an anonymous poll. So Levi, if you can put up the poll and there's a phone number that you text in and you can just answer this question, what is causing your anxiety today. I would imagine that some of you here, certainly some of you on Zoom are experiencing some anxiety. You can see some of our anxious items from uh, the, the first service, from the 9 a.m. service. So you can just text in that number. It's anonymous. We just want to see what, what, are we, what are we going through as a community? What things are causing anxiety? And we're going to uh, pray about these things at the end of our uh, time together, talk time together. Okay, so uh, we're saying, you know, Prince of Peace, that's the promise, yet uh, many of us aren't experiencing that peace, and part of it is because we, we just have a trust issue with God. We, God has promised that he's going to take care of our basic needs, and yet we have issues believing that that is actually the case. Uh, secondly, we are holding on to things that steal our peace, that make it very difficult for us to actually experience peace. We hold on to these things, whether they're material possessions that we either have, that we feel like we must protect, or material possessions that we want to have that we don't yet have. And so we're worried about getting or protecting, and that worry creates anxiety, and we hold on to those things, and that just perpetuates the sense of conflict and internal strife within us. 
And so we're holding on to things. But maybe it's not just uh, material possessions. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship that you're holding on to. You're hoping that things are going to get better or, you know, things are going to work out. And yet it's just, it's not working. But yet you want to hold on to that because you're afraid of what's going to happen if that's a, a loss. Or maybe you're holding on to an idea. You had an expectation about how your life was going to go. Things are different and you're, you're holding on to something that, <laughs> that just is, isn't, isn't what's meant to happen for you. And yet you hold on to that and then that creates anxiety because you can't see how everything is coming together or it's not going to come together and that creates conflict and strife. And so we have strife and we have conflict and we don't have peace because we are holding on to things that are affect our, our ability to have peace. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 in that same sermon, Jesus says this, don't store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is saying that sometimes we're holding on to things that are affecting our ability to have a peace. Just let those things go. Uh, Paul said it like this, keep your lives free from the love of things and be content with what you have. Boy, if there is any... Uh, 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 good advice you're going to find in the writings of Paul. Be content with what you have. It's great advice. Hard to do, but great advice for us. <laughs> the the, 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 the teachers of the Bible are clear. There are things that affect our ability to have peace, and when we hold on to them, it, it's going to create strife and conflict. Uh, finally, we, despite the fact that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and was announced by the angels as that, we experience conflict because we feel alone. We feel alone. We feel like we're all by ourselves sometimes. Uh, and, and, and sometimes that spirals where we feel like nobody else is going through the same thing that we do and we, uh, we, 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 we uh, cordon ourselves off from other people. And when we feel alone and we feel like oh, we're all by ourselves and we feel like nobody else is going through what we're going through, that perpetuates the conflict and anxiety and stress that uh, we may already inherently be feeling. There, there is plenty of science to show that being in community together affects our ability positively to deal with conflict, to deal with stress, to deal with anxiety. We need each other. We need each other because we're all in the same boat. You know, we're all in the same boat. We all are messed up. We all have things that create anxiety and stress in our experience. And so being able to come together and share together, and whether it's among family or a close uh, loved one or close friend, or I would make the case a church community. This is why we get together. We are in this thing together and we can support each other. We can be in class together. We can worship together. We can eat together. We can pray together. And that helps us to know that we are never alone. Not only do we have the great God in heaven who's on our side. We're in this together with each other. And so when we get stuck feeling like we're all alone, that creates anxiety and conflict and steals our peace as well. Uh, James said this. This is Jesus' brother. Jesus, he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. James is saying there is something powerful about coming together and sharing even your challenges with each other. Because then again, you recognize we are all in the same boat. There's something powerful seeing what other people are going through. And we may need to refresh this just so we're keeping up to date with the, the new anxieties that are coming in 
on the uh, text chain, but we're in this together. You're gonna see things that people are anxious about that you may relate with because we're all in the same boat. Paul said it like this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving meeting up together. There's something powerful and meaningful about being together and when we sequester ourselves or we feel like we're all alone, of course we're gonna spiral. Of course we're gonna feel like uh, there's no way out. Of course we're gonna feel like we don't have any peace. And so each of these things, despite the fact that the baby Jesus was announced as the one to be the Prince of Peace, to bring peace into the world, uh, these things are interfering with our ability to experience that peace. And so what do we do? How do we move forward on this Christmas Eve, a time that is supposed to be joyful and happy, but many of us are experiencing anxiety and restlessness and and conflict? Well, the good news is uh, Jesus has been here too. Jesus faced anxiety and conflict. You may remember this story many times, of course, but the story that jumps out to me when I think about anxiety and and facing a, a stressful situation is this, Jesus was baptized, you may remember, all right, as an example to us all, but also expressing his faith in the Father in heaven, so he's baptized, and we're told that he was immediately taken. It, it, there's also, there's, there's the impression that it's something that's almost supernatural happens. Jesus is immediately taken into uh, the desert where he fasted, that's not eating, for 40 days. Now, I fasted for like a couple days, uh, what's the line? Anybody, any super fasters here? Okay, I mean, two, three days. I mean, you start getting, you know, nobody wants to be around you. I guess there was a reason Jesus was out in the desert, right? 40 days of eat, no eating, not fun. But not only is it, it miserable, but you're, you're weak, you're tired, you don't have the energy. Uh, I mean, after 40 days, you can even imagine that. And so Jesus is out in the desert for 40 days, no food, fasting, praying, and the accuser comes. Uh, the, the, the Satan, the, the, the devil, comes and he tempts Jesus uh, three times. You can read the full story, right? So Jesus is at a moment maybe where he's at his weakest, right? He hasn't eaten in, in 40 days, and the uh, accuser comes. This is a time that would naturally produce anxiety and is conflict. This is, I mean, you can't get more direct conflict than the great accuser coming to create conflict, by tempting Jesus to do things that are gonna interfere with his ability to interact with humankind in the way that he was designed to. All right, so that's conflict producing, that's anxiety producing, but Jesus was able to overcome that. We're told that each time that uh, the accuser came to Jesus to try to get him to do something, Jesus always went back to his memory verses that he learned probably as a child went back to the, those sources of inspiration where God had promised to take care of him, and so Jesus knew he didn't have to use whatever power he could conjure up because God was gonna provide for him. And so because Jesus overcame these anxiety-producing situations, because Jesus was able to overcome the accuser and overcome conflict, we have hope, too, that despite our inability to do it on our own. Despite the fact that we have these tendencies to worry that whether we can trust God or not and to to hold on to things, and despite our inability to have peace and conjure it up in ourselves, 
Jesus has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus overcame the accuser. Jesus faced anxious situations, situations that were ripe with conflict, overcame them, and because of that, we have the promise that we can have supernatural power outside of ourselves to experience peace despite the circumstances around us. Now, I would assert to you that this is what was happening. When those angels were coming and they were announcing that Jesus was bringing peace to the earth, they were not announcing that everything was going to be great on planet earth, obviously, right? Things were not fixed. The earth continued to be a mess, a total disaster, right? In fact, things even got more challenging, especially for those followers of Jesus after the birth of Jesus and after the death of Jesus. So the angels were, not, were clearly not announcing that there was going to be worldwide peace and the world was going to be a great place to live in and everybody was going to live in perfect harmony. They weren't announcing that. They were announcing that Jesus was going to bring supernatural peace into the hearts of those who confess him so that despite the challenging circumstances, we could experience peace that is not natural to ourselves. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Yes, there is going to be a time when all things are going to be made right, for inequity and inequality and justice is going to reign, and inequity and inequality is going to go away. That time is coming, but right now we are stuck in a broken world. And so the promise that was announced by those angels is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace who can give us peace despite the circumstances around us. We are invited to believe in this Jesus who came as a little baby, lived, was baptized, taught, died, rose again, and ascended. And as we express our faith in this Jesus, Jesus is able to empower us with things beyond our own capability. This is the good news of Christmas Eve, the precipice of the, 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 of the time when Jesus was first to come, when the Prince of Peace was going to come into the world with the promise of giving us peace, not making everything smooth for us, not fixing all of the problems in our life, but giving us a capability that is supernatural so that we can experience peace in all things. All right. We're experiencing anxiety today. I can't, I'm going to read all of these you've seen, working late at night, uncertainty about the future. I mean, who hasn't experienced that anxiety? What does the future hold? A difficult job situation, finances, work deadlines, fulfilling God's plan for my life. There's a lot of anxious things. I'm sure that you have things that are creating an anxiety and conflict in your experience right now. The promise of Christmas Eve, the promise of the first advent of Jesus is that he can give you peace despite these anxious and conflicting situations. Uh, Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, he said it like this, cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. You want a Christmas present for today, an early Christmas present? This is an early Christmas present. If you are feeling anxious, if you're feeling conflict, if you have anxiety, cast all your cares on Jesus because he cares for you and he can give you peace that you will never, ever, ever conjure up on your own. Is there a better Christmas present than that? You're not going to find that at Best Buy. 
Huh? You're not going to find that at best. The Prince of Peace brings peace despite the circumstances. And so I know you're anxious. <laughs> I'm anxious. I, I've had anxiety over the fast, past few months. I had to remind myself. I had to go back to these texts for my, myself because stressful things are happening in our lives. The invitation for us today is that we cast all our cares on the Prince of Peace who is here to bring us peace despite the circumstances. And so we're going to pray right now for your anxious thoughts and for the anxious things that we're seeing that we can probably all relate with on our text today. Pray with me. Oh God, it's a great time to be in New York it's a great time to come together as a community and sing beautiful songs that we're familiar with. But it's also a time, a stressful time, as we come to the end of a, another challenging year. And you know our anxieties, you know the things that challenge us, you know the things that we're holding on to that we may need to let go. And we pray right now that your spirit will speak to our hearts and give us comfort, that we can let go of what we need to let go of and grasp a hold of the great promise that resides in Jesus, the man, that as we express our faith in him, you can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so I'm praying for the anxious thoughts and the conflict that each of us are experiencing today, particularly those that people have been sharing on our screen today. Each one of those, they need a reaction from you. And so I pray for your presence in the experience of all who are sharing today and all of those who are here today. Give us your peace that comes from the work of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. During this holiday season, may God's peace be present in your heart despite what's going on around you. Amen. <laughs>